Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to another edition of Papa's Perspective, part of the Giants Huddle podcast brought to you by Bob's Discount Furniture. So the Giants are playing the Bills in Buffalo, and it got me to thinking about some great matchups against the Bills over the years. And we got Ahmad Bradshaw joining us because I want to go back to 2007, Ahmad. Yes. Uh, you guys are coming off the loss against Washington. You know you got to pay the, play the Patriots the last game of the regular season, so you really need to win this game against the Buffalo Bills. Yep. That was, might have been one of the craziest weather days I've ever seen in my life. Oh, for me too. I mean, I, I went out to the game. I had a cutoff shirt on, and it ended up snowing. It ended up sleeting. It ended up raining, uh, you know, right after that. And it was, you know, I mean, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the game time temperature is listed as 52 degrees. And at one point, it was 52 degrees. And then it starts raining sideways. It's snowing. It's like pure Buffalo. Uh, you guys are down 14 nothing early in the football game. Okay. But uh, you get the run game going. Just talk about that ability to impose your will upon the Bills that afternoon as a team. Uh, you know what? I mean, that was the game that, that started my career. Um, that was a game that I, I had a chance and, and just wanted to take advantage of every chance I had. Um, Derek Ward went down, and I was able to come in and, and back up Brandon Jacobs. And, uh, you know, I, I I mean, all I had to do was just run the ball. These guys, the guys up front did a great job of, of, of protecting Eli and, and blocking up front on the run, and, and they opened up a – a huge run for me in that game, and and Brandon also had a, a great game. I think we both ended with uh, like 145, 150 each. So uh, you know it was, a, it was a great running game for us, and 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 we uh, we came in with a wheel to run. You know, um, Brandon scores a touchdown in the second quarter, makes it 14-7. Then he has that big 43-yard touchdown run. Tynes gets the field goal. So you go into the locker room actually up in the game. What was sort of the attitude of the team in the locker room, and what was the messaging from Coach Coughlin? Uh, you know what? I mean, just to keep pushing. Um, like you said, the weather was was changing. Uh, you know, the game was up and down, uh, and, uh, you know, we just had to keep pushing. And, and that was always a, uh, a halftime speech for Coach Coughlin is to keep going and keep fighting. And, uh, you know, we were a scrappy team, and at that moment, we, you know, we felt like we were in a great position going into halftime. Did you guys, I mean, from the outside, fans are kind of thinking, man, they better win this game because they got the Patriots who were undefeated the next week, and they might not make the playoffs. You know, you win this game, you make the playoffs. Was that a feeling going into the game, during the game, or were you guys just playing? No, one game at a time. That's that's what we were coached. Um, that's what we stressed about. And uh, 
you know, we knew we had to, you know, we had to, to beat the Bills that game uh, to, to work, to have to work, even have to worry about, you know, the Patriots or, or the rest of the season. So we just went one game at a time and, and the Bills were, were on our radar and, and we had to win that game. And that's what we did. We're going to get to the we'll get to the touchdown run in a second because that's one of the iconic plays from the 2007 season. But what's forgotten is, you know, the Bills take the lead and uh, Marshawn Lynch scores a touchdown and they have the lead. And um, it's early in the fourth quarter. It's the first minute of the fourth quarter or so. And Kavika Mitchell, who really turned out to be a fantastic player for you guys that year. You know, oh, yeah. AP was unbelievable, but. Yeah. You needed that other guy, and Kavika Mitchell gets the pick six to put you guys up. Uh, what was it like on the sideline as that happens, and and now are you guys feeling like, all right, let's go just grab this thing and lock it up? Well, that's what it was. I mean, when, once Kavika did that, man, uh, you know, we knew we had the game in, in our hands. Uh, you know, it was only on us to to prove prove what we had, and uh, you know, and that just solidified it. Um, we knew our if our defense came to play, we knew our offense was was going to back them up and, and vice versa. So, um, you know, once that happened, we knew we, we were in a great situation. Yeah, he's kind of like, um, you know, he's a little – he's one of the underrated guys from that Super Bowl team. Obviously, yep. there's like so many great names, but he, he really provided a spark for you guys. What what was he like as a teammate, and what were some of the intangibles that he brought to the table? You know what, Gabico, um, you know, he was, a, he was a great guy off the field. We were really great friends off the field. We hung out a lot. Um, you know, he's, he's just a very loving guy. Um, you know, and I still talk to him to this day. He's, he's, you know, he still checks in on me. I still check in on him every day or every other day. And, on and, uh, you know, he's, he's a loving guy and that's just the way our team was. We loved each other. We played for each other and, you know, that's, that's how we won. All right. So you have the lead, but you know, it's only a three point lead. Uh, we're in the fourth quarter late. You guys need to kind of finish this game off right and and you know Giants fans are sitting there and they're sweating it out the defense gets a three and out force a punt and you guys are starting at your own 12 yard line take me through the 88 yard touchdown run you know what the call was uh you guys were grinding them because as you mentioned Brandon was having a huge game you were having a big game up to that point before the 88 yard run but Tell me what the play was, the design of the play, and what the rookie Adam Marshall was seeing. Uh, you know what? They called a power. And, you know, one of my favorite plays ever, uh, just growing up, um, coming up as a kid, was power. Um, and, uh, you know what? I got to the huddle. I told the guys, you know, if you guys block this up, I'm going to score. And I had a lot of confidence. Not not saying that, you know, that it was me, but just knowing that what our team was about and if our guys could block it up, that, you know, something could happen good. And, you know, I just had that feeling going into the huddle. And I told told my line, if they blocked it up, I was going to score. And, you know, that's that's the feeling I had, and that, that that's what was done uh, at that moment. So as you're seeing it blocked up, yep. and now you're breaking through, mm-hmm. um, were you almost surprised at how you broke through and then and then there was nothing there except green grass or green turf? Uh, well, when you get a power play, you know, the cutback's always, you know, more open, uh, more open grass, you know, back, back, backside. So uh, everybody flowed to the right, um, which we ran a power right. Everybody flowed over, and I was able to cut it back. You, you, you don't usually cut a power play, you know, and go uh, A-gap, but – 
um, I was able to find it and cut it back and make a person miss and just try to use my speed that I that I once had. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're off to the races. It's a long way to go because I mean you're taking the handoff, you know, several yards behind the line of scrimmage. So you're running over ninety yards. Was there this fear like I better not get caught? Uh, I think it was, but I was so young at that moment and, and so fast, I feel like, um, that, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that at the moment. I do look, I did look back early in my career and it slowed me down. So I, I could see myself doing that a few times, but I guess that was in my head not to get caught. But yeah, I was, I was just a young, young, young cat <laughs> running, man. And, and from my, from my career, I guess to make my career, to start my career, and, and that was what done it. So you get through, you're going. Do you remember the rest of the run, or do you just kind of fast forward to crossing the goal line and your teammates uh, mobbing you? Yeah, no, nah, all I can remember was, you know, Richie coming to, coming to celebrate with me. He was a pulling guard at that moment. And, uh, you know, all the other guys coming, boss and those guys, and, and – and, uh, Dave, yeah, those guys just coming to celebrate. That's the that's the best part of it. You getting to celebrate and 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 with your teammates and, and and enjoying that. And then Corey seals the game with another pick six, and you guys win it. Um, and now you know you're going to the playoffs. You're a rookie in the National Football League. You get the tenth win of the season. Yep. You've clinched it. Um, was it as big a dream come true for you to possibly have the, as a seventh round pick, being a rookie? A lot of people doubted you to deliver this touchdown and help your teammates lock up the playoff spot. Yeah, well, that was like I say, a career starter for me. Um, it was, yeah, it was a dream come true just to have that opportunity, to, opportunity to uh, to prove myself, um, you know, and just to get that opportunity, uh, you know, after Derek Ward went down, is it was a dream come true, and and. To be able to go, you know, to the playoffs, my rookie year, to be able to score a touchdown, but to win the Super Bowl was, or to go to the Super Bowl was, was all a dream. Yeah, not only did you get to go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> you got to win the Super Bowl, yes. and you made a lot of key plays in that, and all the other games leading up to it. Ahmad, we appreciate a couple minutes uh, reminiscing about the Giants playing in Buffalo, and obviously one of the great moments in Giants history, the 88-yard touchdown run by number 44 the rookie has taken the giants to the postseason thanks for joining us my man blessing. good to see you blessing thanks for having me that's Ahmad bradshaw joining us on this edition of popper's perspective part of the giants huddle podcast brought to you by bob's discount furniture all right it was good talking with Ahmad bradshaw about his thrilling run as a rookie in buffalo now we welcome in the mvp of super bowl 25 otis anderson joins us to talk a little bit more about the Buffalo Bills. And uh, obviously you won the MVP that day. You run for over 100 yards. Um, did you feel going into the game that you had a little score to settle with them considering they had beaten you at Giant Stadium back in December? Not only that, Bob, the fact is they said an old man like me and a quarterback that never played could beat them. They said that about me and Hostetler. So we had a little, little chip on our shoulders. The game plan, obviously, going in, you, you want to keep the ball away from their offense because it's a high-powered offense. So you need the run game. You need to convert on third downs. You know, as a as a veteran who had been through the wars, um, I'm guessing that you embraced what the coaching staff wanted to do. Well, what was unique about what you just said is on, s on Saturday night after we had our meeting, Parcells and 
the late Ron Earhart set me down in the room together and said, okay, this is the game plan. We want to run the football. We want to control the clock. We look and then give it to you. And Parcells go, yeah, we're going to give it to you a lot. You know, so Ron was going to break it down and say, maybe give it to you 20 times. You know, Bill just chomed in as he does and said, you're going to give it to you a lot. So uh, I knew what they were going to be looking for as far as what they wanted out of me. And his concern was, are you going to be able to do it? Can we can we run you 20, 25 times? I said, Bill, I've been waiting on this for a long time. So whatever you got to throw at me, I'm ready for it. And you had a you had a really deep room, even though Hampton was hurt at that point and he was a rookie. But you still had a really deep room, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of played a role because you wound up having, I think, what twenty one carries in the game. You mm-hmm. had one catch, so everybody got involved a little bit to try to wear them down. Yeah, that's what the the plan was to wear them down. So they used me a lot inside. If you look at most of the game. Inside runs were mostly where I stayed at, and then Megat came in and took us outside, just kind of stretched, you know, the the defense and kind of get them tired. So we we had a pretty good system going on. You know, the Giants have a great history of uh, amazing plays in the Super Bowl, whether it's David Tyree mm-hmm. uh, or obviously the Mario Manningham catch in Super Bowl Forty Six. You know, one of the ones I think that's gotten lost in history a little bit is Mark Ingram's third down catch run. Drag, carry, lunge, first down, which was a key play in that drive. It was. It, it it gave us the momentum that we needed. I think that same series, Howard Cross caught a pass that took us close to the goal line, and then that's where I finished off with the touchdown. So we, we, had, we had players that had to come to play and make plays at the time we needed them. And, and you probably forgot one, too. What about that tip ball in Super Bowl XXI uh, from McConkie to Bavaro? All right. Yeah. yeah, that was another one. Now, yeah. talk. Were you real? Were you, were you thinking? What was the uppercut all about? Uh, you know, th- during that game, I had, had a few runs while I actually got to the secondary, and Kelso was forcing so fast, and all I could do was drop a shoulder. But I was watching him as I approached him. You know, the angles and things like that, and he seemed like he didn't really want a lot of this kind of one-on-one contact. So my deal was when I turned the corner, I was trying to intimidate him and let him think about how he wanted to try to tackle me, whether he wanted to try to go low or go high. But he actually missed tackling me, but Kaneas Bennett chasing from behind actually stopped me from going even further. So now, you cap off the Super Bowl. I, I, can, never, I can never stop thinking about the year before. You had mm-hmm. 120 yards in the playoff loss against the Rams. You had 120 yards rushing in that game. That was the famous Flipper Anderson play. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were the best team in the National Football League that year. It seemed like the Rams were like your little kryptonite. The the mindset going into that season because you guys got off to a great start. Um, I think we were ten and zero to start the season. Um, Did you feel like you had a score to settle after what had happened the year before? We did, and I tell you what was even personal to me than that was after we lost that Flip Anderson game. I, I sat on my stool talking to Maurice. And and I had my hands uh, covering my eyes, and Maurice said, "Dude, what's what's that all about?" I said, "You know, Maurice, I had a prediction. I said if I ever played in the Super Bowl, state of Florida, feature running back, I win Most Valuable Player." And that year it was at Joe Robbie Stadium, right up right. the street from University of Miami. I was the feature back. So Maurice said to me, he said, "Well, you know, next year the Super Bowl is in Tampa, Florida." And I said, "Maurice, don't kid with me. Is it really?" He said, "It is. It's at Tampa, Florida." I said, "Maurice, we're going." So I felt that that whole year was destined to go to the Super Bowl. 
I didn't know what my role was going to be, but I knew it was destined for us to go there because that was the only other opportunity that I may have to fulfill my dream. And then, behold, Rodney get hurt in the playoff game, and and I could tell you that the field goal that uh, Matt Barr made, uh, Ingram's on the sideline saying to me, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And I said, Ingram, it is my destiny. So I kind of felt like me and God had a little hand on all of this. All right. And, uh, you know, Scott Norwood's kick sales wide right. You're the Super Bowl champion. Now, did you think that they would have the guts to give the MVP to the running back? Because you know how these MVP awards go in mm-hmm. Super Bowls, especially in today's era. Yeah. You know, this is we're talking the 1990 season, but they still kind of went to the quarterbacks most of the time. It, it did, and I, I'm like you. I thought Hostello played just a great game. The 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 one where he saved the touchdown for for a safety, where he switched hands. Uh, he had a great game. The hits that he took, play after play. There was a series on the sideline when. He had got hit so 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 often that they was using uh, uh, smelling soft to wake him up, and he wasn't really responding. But I was because I was sitting next to him, so it was kind of crazy watching that whole transition go go down. But um, I always felt and said that Hostel to me was the guy that uh, should have won MVP because of what he went through and everything he did. So I, was I surprised? Absolutely. Did I think I accomplished the you know the hundred plus yards and having that many carries? I had no idea. I just knew that it was one of those two yards in a cloud of dust kind of fight we had, and and I didn't even realize how much clock we was using each time we had the ball. So, um, but it was my destiny. It was your destiny, Tampa, Florida. You win the MVP in your home state, um, and you cap off a second Super Bowl championship, and you win the MVP. You know, for Giants fans that are watching this. They might not realize that you were an absolute stud. You won the Rookie of the Year Award in 1979, right. and you put big numbers up. Um, I know this past summer there was a whole bunch of former Giants players on the veterans list, had a chance to make the Hall of Fame. Guys didn't make it to that next wave, hopefully next year. Um does it bother you that you don't get more consideration or you haven't gotten more consideration? It, it does when I look at some of the players that is going in in the position that I play. So I, I'm just trying to figure out the criteria of which they judge from. Is it statistics? Is it fan favor? Is it because your team were was the team of the 70s or 80s or whatever that is? I like to know some clarity because if you're looking at stats, my stats surpassed the last – few inductees running backs if you go back and look my stats is is equally or even better than those and i just want some clarity that's that's all i need yeah i mean over ten thousand yards rushing you ran for 81 touchdowns your rookie season i mean 331 carries and 1600 yards eight touchdowns um you were a force and then you were able to do it later in your career you know 89 88 you had 11 touchdowns 89, you had 14 rushing touchdowns. Even in 1990, when Hamp was drafted in the first round, you scored 11 rushing touchdowns at an advanced age when most backs are kind of done. Yeah, thank God for that. But, again, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So, uh, Bob, maybe you can get some clarity to this so somebody could get us – us, us some clarity of how is it judged? I mean, what what do they look for? Uh, I just been wondering, you know, for the last you know few years, I've been just wondering, what is it that 
I need to do. I just got inducted to the Ring of Honor. You would think from the wall to the hall. You know, that's kind of why I was building it up. Um, you know, if it's about your character, well, I don't think the Giants would have put anybody on the, on the Ring of Honor if they had bad character. So is, is that one of the criteria? I just want some clarity. Do you think as the turnover in voters has happened that maybe, you know, guys get forgotten a little bit, like over the course of time? Like, to me, Everson Wall should be in, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Carl Banks made the all-decade team of the 80s, the Hall of Fame's second-team all-decade team of the 80s. Wow. Like, he's not in either, right? And, and it almost feels like at, maybe they need to put some more of these ones that slip through the cracks, like yourself. Well, I, again, it's interesting to find out who's actually doing the judging because if you're looking at the f- people who actually saw me play, those writers are no longer around. Their grandkids are probably around now watching what we've done. But what was unique, 15 years ago, Parcells, Coach Belichick, Coach Dick Vermeil, Coach Joe Gibbs, and Larry Holmes submitted on my behalf to the hall to Mr. Baker, submitted uh, reference letters about me being in the Hall of Fame. 15 years ago, they did that for me. And yet I still wait. All right, well, we're going to just keep picking away at it. There we go. We're going to keep finding a way at it. The Giants are playing the Bills this week. And when you think of the history of the Giants and the Bills, you can't talk about it without talking about the MVP of Super Bowl Twenty Five, Otis Anderson, we appreciate a couple minutes. Bob, I appreciate it. And uh, let's go blue. Otis Anderson joining us here on Popper's Perspective, part of the Giants Huddle podcast, brought to you by Bob's Discount Furniture, the official furniture store of the New York football Giants. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 